pray. Oh Lord, we are grateful for your word and we are grateful for your presence with us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we worship and adore you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we bring ourselves into your presence and ask that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you alone, O Lord, are our rock and our mighty redeemer. In your name we pray. Amen. Today is Pentecost. We remember that the God whom we worship is a God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. None of them are older than any other. They are all working together for the salvation of the world. From eternity to eternity, God is present. One God, three persons, monotheism, and trinity. Today, we remember that the the Trinity is complete with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who sent the Son into the world and the Son who ascends into heaven and says, I will not leave you orphaned. I will not leave you orphaned. Very often, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we often use the pronoun it. I was in worship and the Holy Spirit, it came upon me. The Holy Spirit is not electricity or fog. The Holy Spirit is a person. A person who is among us. A person who is beside us. One of the three persons of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is personal. And so when... You and I lack the courage to take the next step. The person of the Holy Spirit gives us comfort and strength and guidance. When you and I wonder what the next step should be because life doesn't always unfold like we wish that it would, there is a person of the Godhead who is with us and is within us. And today we recognize the coming of that person who constitutes the church. What does the church think the Holy Spirit does? Well, if you go back to the Apostles' Creed, think it through. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. It brings the church together. The communion of saints, those who have died and those who are alive and anyone who has ever believed in Jesus draws together mysteriously through the Holy Spirit. The forgiveness of sins. Have you sinned? The Holy Spirit brings to us this awareness that we are forgiven. The resurrection of the body. That part of the Apostles' Creed is not about Jesus. We've already talked about Jesus being raised. But you and I will be raised incorruptible. the forgiveness of sins and the life everlasting. As we come into the presence of the Holy Spirit, we receive the life that God Himself offers to us. First of all, 
When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered together in one place, not knowing what was going to happen. The day of Pentecost being a feast day, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Back when I went to seminary, you could sit underneath High Bridge, and when a train came over High Bridge, you could hear it coming and it would make this incredible sound and suddenly the ground that you were sitting on would, would start to shake and move. And I remember sitting under High Bridge and thinking to myself, this is Pentecost. The train is the Spirit. And here I am being shaken out of my complacency and shaken by the knowledge and awareness that God is with me. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them and rested on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. They began to speak. The Holy Spirit brings speech It allows us to testify to what Jesus has done in our lives and who Jesus is. The miracle at Pentecost is a miracle of speaking. Speaking when some might have preferred to be silent. Speaking when the disciples thought, there's nothing I can say that would change anybody's mind. We don't speak the same language anyway. When the Holy Spirit fills us, We speak in ways that we could never speak before. When the Holy Spirit fills us, there is a boldness in love. When the Holy Spirit fills us, that which could not be done can be done because of the power of God. A friend of mine and I were talking through this text one day, and he said, I don't really understand a whole lot about Pentecost, but let me tell you what happened to me a few weeks ago. And he described going up north somewhere far northwest of Asbury Seminary and walking into a Lutheran church. And he said, I was in the Lutheran church, and I suddenly realized that everybody was speaking German. I stayed, the entire service, the hymns, the preaching was was all done in German. And at the end of the service, there were two people sitting on the back row who had never been to church before. And suddenly I heard English and they said, we have never understood the gospel until today. My friend said, he approached the the minister and he said to the minister how kind it was for you to conduct the entire service in German so that these two people in the back could understand the gospel the pastor laughed and he said I don't speak a word of German (laughs) they're the only German speakers here and I doubt they understood anything we said it's interesting how God works, God moves barriers to faith and barriers to belief. It's a miracle of of speaking. 
We, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in ways that we could never speak. But we also hear in ways that we could never hear. It's a miracle of speaking, but it's also a a miracle of hearing. There were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. And astonished and amazed, they asked, aren't these just country folk from Galilee? And how is it that each of us hears in our own language? And they go on to list all of these languages. We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. When the Holy Spirit fills you, it's a miracle of speech, but it's also a miracle of listening, of hearing. The folks who wanted to hear heard in their own languages the gospel of Jesus Christ. There were apparently some who heard nothing but noise. And they said, these folks are drunk. And Peter says, what do you mean? The bars aren't even open yet. It's nine o'clock in the morning. We're not drunk. What does it mean? Peter says, I'll tell you what it means. This is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. There might be arguments in denominations about whether men and women can be called to preach. In United Methodism, We believe that the church, as seen in Acts chapter 2, the church is for the sons and the daughters. That men and women are called to share the gospel of Jesus. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Once upon a time I saw visions. Now I'm dreaming dreams. I'm a grandpa. Reminded of that, my little granddaughter was in the first service this morning, and I'm reminded that at some point you go from being one of the young to being the the not-so-young anymore. Things happen like your metabolism slows down. You get gout. Whoever knew you could get gout. And I love pork barbecue. Men and women, the Spirit is poured out upon Young and old. I can tell you that some of the people who have testified the most to God's grace in my life were well, well advanced in years. My 102, then 3, then 4, then 5, then 6-year-old neighbor years ago was one of the finest and most godly people that I have ever known. And she taught me so much. But then there are the children in our church. And all you've got to do is sit down and listen to them sometimes. When they talk about faith. And you know what Jesus meant when he said, unless you become like a little child. Men and women, the Spirit is poured out upon. Old and young, the Spirit is poured out upon. Even my slaves, the 
socioeconomically disadvantaged. Both men and women in those days I will pour out my spirit upon and they shall prophesy. Now here we are in a quiet, dignified United Methodist Church in Danville, Kentucky. But I want to tell you, if you want to see worship in a way you've not seen it before, go somewhere like Haiti. Go somewhere where the people who pray give us this day our daily bread really don't know where their daily bread is going to come from. Go to a place where when a woman drops a bag of rice and it spills, she picks up every grain because it's all she has to eat. Sometimes the poor, when we worship with them, show us something about joy and trust. Sometimes the poor, when we listen to them, teach us what it means to receive from the hand of a gracious God and to pray, give us this day our daily bread. In the last days, men and women, old and young, rich and poor, have a part in testifying to what God is doing. I will show portents in the heavens above and on the earth below, mist, fire, blood, smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. In our world, we think maybe of the laws of physics as being undergirding everything or maybe the atomic and subatomic structures. In the ancient world, they believed that there were certain things that were solid and enduring and never changing. The mountains were one of them. The other was the heavenly bodies and their rotations, the sun and the moon. And so, as Peter addresses the crowd at Pentecost... He is saying there is a fundamental reorienting of the world. The world as you know it is different. And that which you thought was certain, you are not certain about anymore because the church has been born. And God's loving presence is among us. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Holy Spirit comes. One theologian calls the Holy Spirit instead of it, or he calls the Holy Spirit she because of the idea of the Spirit often taking a a feminine form. However we refer to the Spirit, however we think about the Spirit, the Spirit is personal not impersonal. It's not the fog. It's not the energy. It's not the firing of neurons within our brains. The Spirit is one of the three persons of the Trinity who comes to accompany us in a personal way. When's the last time you heard from the Spirit? When's the last time you listened for the Spirit? He is with you. 
He accompanies you. When you don't know what to do, it's the Spirit who speaks into your mind and your heart. When you would rather have rolled over and gone back to sleep this morning, but you came here to be a part of the gathered people of God, the Spirit may have awakened you to gather us here today. Listen this afternoon for the voice of the Spirit. The voice will tell you to reach out in love. The voice will tell you where you need to focus your time and your energy. The voice will remind you that you're not alone. That God, who gives you the power to speak, who gives you the power to listen, God is with you in a fundamentally personal way. And the person of the Holy Spirit guides, strengthens, comforts. Listen. Listen for that still small voice this afternoon, tomorrow, in the coming days. It is the Spirit's presence that gave birth to the church and calls God's people day after day and year after year to love Him with all their hearts, souls, minds, and strength. Hear the voice of the Spirit calling. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray.